Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends. Post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram and tag me and my guests. I'm at Metal Mary Z on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. It's me, Instructor Mary Z. I am back once again with the Voice Hacks podcast. And today we have a very special guest that is going to offer you guys a really cool and unique perspective on being a career musician and super amazing belting vocal techniques. And this is Cassie Stone, who's here. Uh, she's a legendary Cirque du Soleil performer who lives in Las Vegas, originally from Quebec. And she is here to tell us all kinds of good stuff about having a career in music, kind of dealing, we're definitely going to get to dealing with the pandemic and how that's, that certainly affected Cirque du Soleil. And um, she's also, you guys won't believe it, she's an amazingly huge metal fan. And also I've seen her perform with rock bands and, and uh, metal stuff in Las Vegas as well. So I think you guys will be surprised at uh, what she likes and some of her stories are really cool. So here we are. Welcome, Cassie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm stoked to have you. It, this is going to be so much fun. So let's start with like a casual question. Okay. Um, what are you listening to lately? Are you jamming on anything that's your favorite at the moment? Uh, back to old school Pantera right now. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm working on my, my screens. So I'm trying oh, to... And I'm trying to also do lots of pop covers, but metal style with lots of screaming. So I've been listening to lots of screaming lately. Cradle of Filth also a lot. Yes, very good. That is so cool. Yeah, it's pretty much what I'm listening right now. Yeah, Cradle of Filth. That's great. Well, I know that that probably surprises the audience to hear that you are working on screaming. So... <laughs> Let's we're going to come we're going to circle back around okay. to that though because um you're a badass metal person so we'll get to that but let's let's go back to the Cirque du Soleil thing because this okay. is sort of unique to the Voice Hacks podcast mm -hmm. we have uh, uh more metal vocalists who don't quite have this type of career experience um and which is really cool so You've done this, you were singing with Cirque du Soleil in various shows for about a decade. Let's mm -hmm. talk about how does someone, how does someone get into that? Like, how <laughs> did that become the career at the moment? Um, they have uh, casting scouts uh, that, and uh, it's French Canadian. Um, when you grow up in Quebec, Cirque is very everywhere around you. Um, and fun story, I saw their first production when I was seven years old also. Um, so it's been part of kind of my life uh, forever and they've been calling me a lot uh, for about 10 years to join shows that were already uh, running but at this at the moment I was doing lots of musicals and lots of creations so I was more into uh, original things and uh, but 
the only way to get in basically is to register on their website on their casting um, and record and record uh, the songs they want to hear from your depending on a vocal range mm. and uh, and they put if they like you they put you in a bank if they really like you they're going to ask you to record some more specific things mm. um, so I put myself in in the bank um, I've been I, I was going through a very difficult year uh, career-wise and I put myself in the bank and three months later, I received a call from the, the casting department for a new creation that was meant to be for the Radio City Musical. In New they York. They were looking for a girl who could sing, who can belt and okay. had the raunchy, raunchy vocals and operatic and acting skills and dancing skills. And everyone they were calling were telling them, call Cassie. <laughs> so, wow, that's cool. So I, I auditioned and I seven, I think I had seven auditions and I got it. I got in. And then so I went with Arcana, um, spent two summers in New York, toured the world, Russia, uh, Spain. Then uh, we were sent to Vegas as a permanent show to replace Viva Elvis. That was closing oh. at the oh. Aria. So I moved to Vegas. I kind of hated it at first. And now mm. I just love it. But and then Zara kind of closed because the hotel wanted to tear down the theater to make convention space. Uh, so I've been, I was sent to audition for Zumanity, who were looking for a temporary rock singer for the rock singer position. Uh, auditioned, got it. Uh, so I've been uh, spent the last four years with Zumanity. Now it's been permanently closed. It's the only Cirque du Soleil show that's been uh, closed permanently. Uh, due to COVID, so we were yeah. Mm. So after ten years, my my glory days with Cirque, <laughs> I guess, are done for now, right? I mean, well, you know, I've heard that there's hope, you know, for it to come back in the future. Yeah, it is coming back. It is coming okay. back, but at this point, doing ten to twelve shows a week, mm. five days a week is not. I did it. Okay, when we're talking about touring. You know, and it's one show a day for only mm-hmm. like 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, we talk about <laughs> how, Yeah. Yeah. So now I want you to repeat that for them. It was 12 <laughs> shows a week. 10 to 12. Yeah. Mostly 10. Listen but to that, fam. 10 to 12 shows a week. New York was 10 to 12 things uh, uh, spread onto six days. So you got one day off. Okay. Uh, Vegas resident uh, shows in residency. It's mostly five days a week, uh, but it's still ten shows, two shows a day. Wow, nine ninety minutes shows. Uh, so I kind of was originally a two and a, a two hours and a half show, wow. and I had to sing upside down in a harness, spinning, belting. I had to. I was always uh, f- about forty feet of above the ground, about above the stage. Wait, forty feet above the stage in a harness. Yeah, yeah. and so. So, okay, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to keep pausing at different points, not not to interrupt, but more so that these guys, uh, so that the folks listening can get a perspective of what's going on here. Because I also feel like not everybody listening may have seen uh, one of these amazing Cirque du Soleil shows. So if you haven't, the production is insane. It's probably the best production of so- any sort of like art show in the entire world. You know, and and um, so this is physically grueling. You must have just been fi- just physically taxed to the max. And so when you're on stage, I'm curious, do you have in-ear monitors? Are, yes. are you mic'd? What, what's going on with that? 
Yeah, uh, we had Zakana. Uh, I had in ears because mm-hmm. anyway, I was in the grid pretty much all of the time. Or um, yeah, all musicians on Cirque. Uh, every Cirque shows everyone's on uh, in ears. Okay, uh, it's custom made for you. They take care of this, and it's awesome. And uh, with Zakana, I had um, um, a head microphone which I had to tape in my face and I still have a scar from this after six years because uh, I was sweating and sitting upside down and moving. Uh, I was moving way too much. So I had to tape it in my, in my neck, my back and my, wow. my face wow. and my ear so behind my ear. And yes, yeah, I, uh, I have a scar. <laughs> oh my goodness. So these are physically grueling shows. So oh, it, yeah. I had a hip surgery because of the harness. I uh, was too much compression on my hips. Uh, and I had a labral tear. Uh, I had a disc, bulge disc. I injured pretty much every single bone and muscle in my body. It was And I was training three hours a day uh, physically just to be able to sustain uh, that much uh, physical physicality in a show. Wow. So you guys, this is what I'm talking about is when you get up to this level, because I've had a a lot of voice actor clients who do some theatrical stuff. Nothing. I haven't had any clients in Cirque du Soleil. They don't need me. (laughs) They're already professional. You know what I mean? They're already there. The thing is, is cool about it is they are always talking to me about, you know, well, how does this performer get it so clean and this and that? And I'm like, you don't understand the amount of work that that person has to go through <laughs> to accomplish mm. that. And you're not putting it in. Like, I'll have to tell some people, like, look, the tone that you're after, you know, unless you're willing to live a certain particular lifestyle, it's, yeah. you know, it's just not going to come. Like, yes. So now let's talk about um, the pandemic. So, <laughs> which really kind of sucks. But unfortunately, <laughs> for the first few episodes of the podcast, it's been on, uh, it has been on the topics, but I think you were uniquely affected. And I think Las Vegas in particular, for everyone listening to uh, that may not realize I live in Las Vegas. So I do know uh, Cassie in person in reality. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is Vegas is a fantastic working musician's town, better than any other town I've ever lived in. But they were swooped out from everybody. And a lot of folks moved out of town. And so let's talk about, I think, actually, I think I saw maybe some posts of some uh, online shows you've been a part of. Shows are starting to come back. So as a performer, were you able to do any online gigs? Have you adapted to the pandemic? And I know you might have some gigs coming what do you see coming as well when pandemic hit i was in russia for a tour with a musical that i did the creation 17 years ago while now 18 uh, and i was the original only original cast member to ask to be back it's in french it's called Bonjour. they were redoing it so i was we trained in, in france in paris for a month in february so covid was just starting then we went all back home for two weeks uh, and then we went to Russia and the, the funds we had, we were supposed to have 14 dancers. We only had four. We showed up because they were stuck in Spain. They had to 
just getting in Russia was really complicated. Uh, and the night before the premiere, just before our general run, we got shut down. Russia. Oh, shut how down. horrible. So I came here with emergency was very, uh, flights were not supposed to be able to come in the US, except Russia was not on the list. So I was really, really lucky. Then I spent a month kind of enjoying this. Uh, the spring in Vegas was beautiful. And I... I did everything I wanted to do in my house because uh, I had the time for the first time in my life because I never took vacations or I, and then I thought it would last a month or two, three tops. Oh, right. That was back when we were then, all like, oh, two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, and then people started to do like Facebook live and stuff, but I, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a stage person. I'm not a studio person. I'm, definitely a stage person singing in front of my phone or an iPad or a camera is not why I sing and why I want to sing. I did a few shows like as fundraisers shows. Mm -hmm. That's all I did during COVID. I, mm -hmm. I had three shows booked at the Tuscany as a, with my uh, rockabilly band because I do metal and rock songs and rockabilly style. Oh, how fun. Yeah. That's and cool. So, but we did two, and then uh, they had we had to cut audience uh, from fifty percent to twenty five or oh, fifty. No. I remember. So I had to go to, as a duo, <laughs> which is, <laughs> and um, I so I did. I had three shows basically last year. Wow, it's coming back. I have six shows at the Tuscany coming back still as a duo um, every other Thursday. That's great. Uh, but yeah, then yes, yeah, three sets of forty five minutes each. <laughs> And uh, a grind. It's hard work. No, it's fun. It's really fun. It's funny. When I, I, I had a metal band um, back in 2008, nine, just before I, I left for Cirque. Mm -hmm. And we, we toured it and, and it was it was awesome. But I mean, for me, 30 minutes, 45, it's nothing. Yeah. I'm just getting warmed up after three songs. And, <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yes, <laughs> after... After your experience in, in in the professional shows that you've done, it, I mean, it's not, you know, in Japan, some of the some of the like pop bands and stuff will do residencies like that where they do more than one show a day. You can come see their noon show or their mm -hmm. PM show or whatever. But um, yeah, it's so interesting how um, with metal bands and rock bands, it's like just one relatively short set compared to other performers and performances. I want to talk about the metal stuff for a second, but uh, okay. I want eventually we're going to circle back around into some of the things that um, a little bit more deeper into the lifestyle, the techniques of enduring mm -hmm. that stuff, because I think anybody, uh, if they have less, if they have more like a rock or metal tour, they're definitely going to benefit because it's less of less of a workload from anything in yeah. that area but let's go ahead and talk about i don't want to lose the metal thing for a second so let's go back before sick to slay there was a metal band and this is yeah. really cool so tell everybody who's listening um what kind of metal was it like what kind of style was it you know this everyone wants to know the sub genres <laughs> yeah it was epic symphonic mm. metal lots of keyboards our composer was a keyboard player yeah uh, vocally it was from belting to operatic let's it was and very fast lots of words hell yeah yeah um 
it was called Anemonia, if you want to book it. We had an album. Um, oh, that's great. Anemonia. It, uh, it was more like a demo, but we were working on the, the professional um, recording when I, I kind of had to leave uh, for Cirque. But it was a, I had a time of my life, basically. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I felt like myself for the first time. <laughs> but, but this happened after um, I auditioned for a band in Finland. And um, yes. uh, well, not just any band, right? Yeah. It was during the legendary. I don't know. A lot of people don't remember this, um, but 2007. Yeah, well, 2006, the, and then the legendary yeah. um, Nightwish audition mm-hmm. bonanza. Like I feel like every singer in the <laughs> yeah. world at that time <laughs> was auditioning for Nightwish. Well, you know, the funniest part. I didn't send my stuff. My dad did. Because he was a huge fan of Nightwish. What? That's so sweet. What a sweetie. And he learned, okay, we're looking for a singer to replace Tardia. And mm-hmm. my daddy sent my stuff and my contact. And they contacted my agent at the time. And oh, my agent's so like, sweet. they want to meet you. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, what's happening? So I met them in New York in a hotel room, in their hotel room. Uh, and then I recorded three songs from Once. And, uh, and we were listening to it in the hotel room. Thomas and Marco were there and Iwo. And they asked me while listening to it, what are you doing next week? I was like, oh, nothing. So, well, you're coming to Finland. So, wow. <laughs> I yeah, recording three songs from um, the new album. And uh, it was literally between me and Annette. Uh, and so um, w- I'm sure that we've got a lot of Nightwish mega fans in the audience. <laughs> and oh, no, I definitely know the Nightwish videos that I do are are like the top ones. I know, I saw those. It's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy, though, because I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm, I'm always like, how many people are interested in this? But, you know, like, I, I appreciate all of you. Don't get me wrong. I just I think I think when you're not like... Uh, it's just interesting because in the States, um, you know, Nightwish isn't as popular. I get, I forget no. what a mammoth they are overseas with Nightwish. I think everyone would be curious. What's, do you remember what songs you recorded from once? Yep. I did just because I said, yes. Um. <laughs> now it's like, wait, which ones did I do? Shoot. I did. I wish I had an angel. Oh, uh, they, they, that's what they asked for. Uh, I did. Time, you're the best of me. Red sun rising. What the hell is that? Ah, uh, musical stuff. I wish I had an angel. Higher than hope. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the other one was. My brain is totally fried right now. Um, um was it Dark Chest of Wonders? No, no. Okay. Nope. Um, it was not. Ghost Love Score, because that's one. That was Nemo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There we go. I was trying to think of tracks off of Once. Yeah. This is great, because I think a lot of people enjoy singing the repertoire off of there, and it's really really Mm -hmm. phenomenal that you actually got to sing it for them. And then, so you went to (laughs) Finland, and then you got to test out the material of the new record before it was recorded. Yeah, I did Eva. Um, we did Eva. We did uh, Cadence of Her Last Breath and Bye Bye Beautiful. Wow, that is so amazing. This is so fascinating because I, there were so many people in this audition thing and, and nobody really knew what was, they were keeping it very uh, quiet at the time, you know? It's funny, I think it came out some somewhere on the, one of them, the, the online chats, um, fan um, 
Oh, a forum or something? Mine came out and and I got so much. Well, people were posting. I used to be a, like more pop stuff. And, and uh, so it was just like, I got lots of hate for this. Uh, yeah. They didn't hear me doing it. They didn't know I, I was a classical uh I was classically trained so I could do the, the tire material and also I'm a rocker so I can a belter so I can do the I could have done the, the new the new material as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, the thing is, is um, I think that's an amazing opportunity. I mean, m- most people uh, couldn't believe that that you've had that experience. I mean, it's pretty great. I think a lot of people I really cannot look- believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome, though. It and- was awesome. It is awesome. Did did you um so at the end they just made an artistic decision or something right? Um, I think that yeah, there was a culture also. Uh, Canadians were, uh, you know, personality maybe it didn't click. Um, mm. It's a very important detail, um, also. Um, so yeah, it was totally their decision, and um, I was happy with it. I think Annette did an amazing job. Uh, we met. I met Annette later when they went on tour, and we hugged, and she knew who I was, and uh, it was very fun, fun. But I am beyond happy that they have Floor because she is the perfect, perfect match for them. Yes. I mean, she's my favorite metal singer e- ever, and everyone at the time were like, "Well, just get Floor," and they were like, "Floor, uh, Floor was at other uh, contractual uh, obligations at the time." So, I- oh, I see. Yeah. With revamp and, uh, you know. Yes. Well, I was a big fan of hers all the way back from After Forever. My old band got to mm-hmm. open for After Forever like oh, a well. thousand years ago. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was great. It was so awesome. Uh, you know, so it, it was in the States when they actually came to the States, which is okay, rare. Cool. Oh, wow. That's great. This might have been the only time they came to the States, but <laughs> it it was great. And uh, listening to her warm up and stuff was just phenomenal. Like she was Whoa, like no. sound checking and it was great. She's, it was so cool. She's a super goddess. So. <laughs> yeah. But let's go back. Let's circle back around. Cause so that, this is great. What an experience. What a story from, from metal to like right at the edge of Nightwish to like which is just huge it's phenomenal it's literally like the biggest metal band it's huge uh it's just ridiculous and at that time i mean god the hype i mean it was just it people people who were more um into the music career at that time that maybe weren't too young listening to this will definitely remember the hype and just the big deal of that audition process like it was the it was (laughs) just the press like it was crazy it was was insane we hear it from someone who actually got pretty far all the way to the end and yeah it's up to not too bad (laughs) no that's that's literally phenomenal and beyond what most people could like most people were even dreaming of with that audition process it's so phenomenal and you know what's cool is um at the end i bet it wasn't even you know again i bet it was sort of like equal definitely well i know just from knowing you and hearing you saying you know definitely talent was not the issue it was just more Mm -hmm. it just sounds like you get to the end and you have equally talented people but you have to look at them you know just for other reasons as to why and so basically to me that's like the same thing as getting it basically you get to the end Mm -hmm. yeah 
But what's cool is, let's go back now. I, wa- I wanted to come back to the demands of the Cirque du Soleil. And you mentioned something yeah. that I wanted to ask before and that I think the audience would be super interested in, which is um, the classical training. So, yeah. yeah, when we go back now, let's talk about you've got you've had vocal training before. Mm-hmm. And how does that play a role into the really heavy workload that you've had for years? And also, did you have any particular techniques or methods or routines with all those shows that you were in? Um, well, technically, if anyone had the chance to do classical, just do it. That would be, um, it's so solid. It's such a solid base, reading, support, uh, just a placement of the sound. Uh, and through this, I developed my own I my own mix voice and belting. I did my belting pretty much alone and with vocal coaches all through my career. Um, because I'm a soprano coloratura, so I'm I'm like the high, high, crazy, annoying range. <laughs> um, and uh, so belting and developing my low alto powerful voice has been a, a challenge mm-hmm. of my life, but it, it paid off because uh, I'm very versatile. Yes. And the technical, uh, the, the classical technique, I'm not, I never injured myself. I never had a voice injury or fatigue or. Wow. Yeah. After 10 shows, uh, when, when you're, when you're doing 10 shows, I'm going straight to bed. Like I'm not gonna drink after the show. Uh, sure. I don't have the energy. Uh, it's gonna affect my voice. Um, though, though I smoked, <laughs> I kept smoking through all of those years. No uh, way! Wow. Yeah, I just quit. I quit like a month ago. So that's and, amazing. And I'm having a hard time with my voice. Actually, it doesn't recognize. It's too clean in there. <laughs> also, musical theater taught me to be very expressive with my voice and uh it helps a lot with projection and diction so you're not you're you you're saving some energy with your breathing while when your mouth is very uh, hyperactive as well yeah uh, uh so it saves it it saves your vocal cords from fatigue as well when your mouth and your diction and projection up there is very well placed oh okay this is really good this is really good tips and there's also um well with Cirque, what being a professional is also not taking the risk. Mm. Um, your voice is, my voice is tired. I don't know if I'm going to be able to belt it. If I don't know for sure, I'm going to be able to belt it. I'm not going to risk it. So I'm mm. going to switch. Um, okay. That's a way of preserving yourself. Don't force, I, you can't force everything, especially as amenities. Yes. Very, uh, God, God, God. That, was come, 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 which is my my mix yeah before with my belt but I, I you could yeah you always you have to learn how to preserve yourself when you do long runs like that so let let's the it, just for the listeners kind of the first uh demonstration she did there was definitely more belty and then the second one was more mixed. And this is, um, and I think because a lot of the people that I teach have a hard time hearing that difference at first. Yeah. So, and I know I did at first, not anymore. Um, cause I've got to teach people to do it every day, but, 
Also, I do that same technique from having a super low voice, the band I'm in now, just to put mm-hmm. it in perspective so that I'm always trying to talk about things like what you just mentioned. I The exact same thing, because, um, you know, what I tell people is um, the audience has a hard time. Again, as I mentioned, people learning, having a hard time hearing the difference. The audience doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily know the difference. And yeah. so even though we like the subtlety of doing it one particular way, like the band that I'm in, the people before me had slightly higher voices. I had mm-hmm. them tuned tune down a half step when I joined. Okay. And but there's still some things or times that I've had to play it in the original key. And it's more like a mezzo tessitura rather than a my tessitura <laughs> and down in contralto <laughs> land. And so um, I'll actually there's several times where, though, I've belted it in practice. But then I get on stage and it's just such a high belt note relative uh-huh. to my range that against it's like what you're just demonstrating some nights if it's fatigued and it's just not coming out. So I would flip it to the mix and in my mind, I'd be like, oh, that sounds so bad. But then I would go back and li- and watch the video of the festival or whatever. And then I'd be like, oh, that didn't sound bad at all. I thought that sounded exactly. lousy, but it doesn't. It it barely sounds that different. So. I think it's better to do the note on pitch and safely than just like being flat or not able to, to, to hold it or because... Yeah, I think it's better and not to to make put some so much strain on your vocal cords either and put so much energy in that. You have to save your energy, especially if you have a show tomorrow or uh, you're on a, in a, on a string of shows. You have to preserve that and save your energy. Learning to dose is a very important thing, especially if you're touring. Exactly. And this is why I explain to a lot of my students and vocal clients that you know, most of the super high voiced guys I've toured with, um, like, even though they're like really high voiced naturally, they are capable. They're like real technically proficient, blah, blah, blah. They still play down a whole step, the whole tour. Why? Same reason. (laughs) Just like efficiency. Like that's a lot of vocal economy over a month Mm -hmm. of shows, you know, and, and I would imagine in casting. So in, in shows, we can't really pick the key that's pre-written, but they're going to cast you on voice type, like appropriate to the range. Did you ever feel yeah. like that wasn't happening or does, uh, uh, um, does uh, in theater, are they really specific about doing that? In musical theater, you have to, there's some exceptions. Uh, if you're an exceptional artist and they really want you, they can modify the key, but it's kind of rare. Yeah. Usually would do that if, um, they're doing a revival and you're the original new cast. That's okay. when they're going to change a key. Uh, if you're an understudy, if you're the sixth person of in the run on Broadway or on tour, they're not going to change the key for you. Uh, you have to fit the part. Your vocal, your range is part of your casting. Yeah. And this is what I remember uh, from um, op- from classical training as well in college. Yeah. And well, yeah, they're gonna, you're not going to, put down a Mozart aria, like a half a step down, you have to sing it in the right key that's meant for your your range. Yes. Yeah, so that's the same in musical theater and Cirque. Cirque can adjust uh, if you're the new member, like the new singer, um, they can do that sometimes because uh, everything is live with Cirque du Soleil. So it means that everyone's got 
changed a key. Oh, wow. Is- so with Cirque du Soleil, there is no tracks. No. Well, sometimes if not much. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a click. We have a click track, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, some instruments or effects uh, are on tracks, but I'd say 95% is live. Wow, that is amazing. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that or did not realize that. All, all the vocals are live. The only, the only part, the, also the other part with Cirque is like we are the track for acrobatic um acrobatic acts it they change a lot depending on injuries uh rotating cast um technical difficulties so in your ears you always have someone like okay let's skip to b section okay let's repeat that cassie can you improvise okay we're we're cutting every single day we have a sound check yeah we have a sound check and it's like okay tonight what's in the show okay this person is out so this um replacement act is in so that the new song the replacement act song is in so let's let's do the sound check or um okay this trick is out tonight so we're gonna have to cut this part or wow and 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 usually especially in zarkana um the vocals i was i was doing were uh supporting the tricks oh interesting so there would be acrobats at the same time so yeah absolutely when i was uh, sitting upside down doing my spider uh, it was a trapeze act right in front of me Uh, wow that is so cool so wait you're singing upside down in the show let me just frame this for for the listeners and and as a spider dressed as a spider yeah and there's a trapeze act going on in front of you yeah (laughs) that is wild my job yeah i have to sing my line but if there's a a a trick right now so i'm like I have to support it. I have to emphasize the act, the the, the trick. Oh, uh, that was my job with Cirque. That's your job. Most, wow. I mean, especially in this show because it was very the- theatrical, and uh, Zumanity is less like that. But it was less like that. But I still had to. Oh, ah, oh, you know, we're like sexy sounds in Zumanity. Yeah, Zumanity it, was the more like on, on what's happening on stage. So you have to be hundred percent focused on what's happening in front of you, and in your ears as well. And that lingering show was like. So, so earlier, let's go back and touch on when you mentioned that every night, because putting sort of um, talkback stuff in the in-ear or Mm -hmm. a lot of bands, like a lot of metal bands, what they'll do is be like 30 seconds. It'll be (laughs) pre-recorded to whatever song so that like the stage Mm -hmm. can be there. So what what maybe the listeners might not realize is there's stuff that's coming in to the in-ears of the performers that is not going out to the house. And this is the case with the metal band and the case with Cirque du Soleil. She mentioned having a click track. This is so everyone can say synced because the distance, you know, there's sound delay. You can't be 40 feet up in the air and then have an orchestra and expect everyone to stay on beat or a band or... Even on key. Exactly. So you have to be able to hear instruments and hear yourself and all this stuff going in the monitors. But uh, you said something I'd never heard before where, where people were saying, OK, skip to bar or skip to the yeah. section. Is Let's this go to in bar real 30. time at, in yeah. the show? All the time. It what? changes all the time. It's, that's, that's crazy. My, that's a definition to me of live music. Wow. Yeah. So I think this too really shows people like behind the scenes of Cirque du Soleil of how live it really is. Yeah. I mean, already it's an incredibly 
an impressive array of talent. Um, you have an incredible vocal talent. But on top of it, you're being tasked with all these things that, that quite frankly, like the, the rock and metal vocalists doing regular touring that I coach are not facing. No one's going to, like when I'm on stage, no one's going to come in my in-ear during my band set and be like, yo, skip the solo because Chad's not ready. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like, I, I mean, that's, that's so wild. I can't well, even imagine that. Yeah, I mean, that will help. Like, okay, uh, Chad uh, just popped the string on the guitar, so let's extend that section. And that would be, that. I think every band could benefit of learning and trying things like that. Let's sit, let's go, let's put a drum solo here, or uh, uh, even singers like, oh, just prepare something to talk about. Yes. Uh, when I was with my girls band that, you know, well, that's how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, uh, I had a, a bank of stupid jokes, but, or stories that really help when we had technical problems. Oh yeah. That's always fun. Like, okay. The drum, the drum is yeah, it's like the drummer doesn't hear because we were on in-ears also. Uh, okay. Drummer doesn't hear, uh, there's nothing in her in-ears. <laughs> she doesn't hear us. She doesn't have monitors or, uh guitar player just popped the string so we're gonna change it yes let's let's switch let's switch to a song and there's no guitar or something like that or you know or the keyboard sound is not good or it's not coming out or the mic you have to change the the batteries in your mic it happens to me all the time or the or rachel's uh pack uh ineos pack is dead it happens a lot so yeah I just want to put it in context for the audience. What Cassie's referring to is a, a rock uh, band that she had in Vegas uh, with all female musicians. It was really awesome. And um, yeah, they were getting some great gigs here and residencies. And um, the sets are quite long, though. And yeah. so, yeah, you, your batteries are definitely going to run out. Like, I can make with the short metal band sets, I can make one set of double A's. You know, I typically don't have a mic die, but again, it's, it's 35 minutes, 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. No one, oh my God, if a set is longer than 45 minutes, try to change your batteries in during a solo or something, uh, especially back, uh, packs in air packs, microphones. I don't know. Apparently I'm very magnetic and I drain batteries. Mm. <laughs> I always double check it's brand new batteries and if it's over 45 minutes set or if there's one more one more uh, more than one set I'm going to always change them between sets. Take write that down everybody. Change them. Um... For me there's nothing like a good old SM58 <laughs> with, yes. a <laughs> with a cable. I know. Is, I'm I'm old school. <laughs> I I've I've been rolling that way for many years. One one thing I got tired of though was like like constantly when I have the cable cuz I actually only did wireless recently. Um mm-hmm. and, but I kept getting tired of like like whipping the cable out in front of people like even if like everybody else had you know you're just trying to like you're adding to the things you're thinking about on stage by like uh, like coordinating where your cable lands so you don't yeah, trip but your guitar player to me it's part of the the, the, perf- the performance I, I i can i use the cable as a hanging rope I, I i roll it around my arm and just dangle the microphone from from my arm up i nice. i road with it i i i turn it like i i tape it but i i use it as a, as a prop i'm i'm having fun with the, the cable but yeah sometimes it's a pain in the ass 
This is true, though. I've seen, I think I saw when I saw Amorphous last year, they, the vocalist was using tape around the same kind of microphone technique, you know. Yep. And I think there is a lot of people. I always remember back in the day, Shadows Fall mm-hmm. was always doing that. And that was sort of a signature thing. So, yeah, I agree. It can be a stage tool, especially because we don't hold an instrument. I don't know why I never I never really played instruments and sang. I can play the piano, but even even though like I'd done musicals and classical and all this stuff, when I go on stage with the band the first time, a few times, I found it so awkward that I wasn't holding an instrument and everybody (laughs) else was. I was like, yeah, you guys have stuff to do with your hands. And I don't really. So I can see that. You have your mic stand as well, which for me is like an amazing prop. And um, more like in rock, I usually play uh, tambourine or the kazoo, which is kind of my funny shtick. Uh, some <laughs> the kazoo. <laughs> How did that become a thing? No, yeah, that became a thing. Uh, replace every trumpet and saxophone solo in the song with the kazoo, and um, I genius. became kind of. I kind of became known for this in Vegas, which is funny. And that's I, so hilarious. I was in my purse. <laughs> that's so, so awesome. Every time like Sweet Caroline comes up, someone singing Sweet Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, genius. Friday night, I did. Uh, I, I, I went to a place called the Tuscany, and they have it's always like it's a jam kind of night every Friday night it's a different singer hosting every night and you mm-hmm. and there's lots of other singers uh, and performers doing one song or two with mm-hmm. a, a resident band and the guy was singing Superstitious from Stevie Wonder and my one of my friends who's a trombone player went to play the trombone so I was like oh, I'm so going um, so I went with the kazoo to support the trombone but then the musical actors gave me a kazoo solo it was he'll it was hysterical. Oh my and god, that's hilarious! The, the place was on fire. It was so fun, <laughs> dude. That's great. That is so hilarious. This so, is awesome. So not only an amazing, outstanding vocalist, but a legendary kazoo player as well. Yeah, <laughs> queen. But it take you don't. Have, I mean, it shows you how I'm not taking myself seriously. <laughs> but that's good. Don't do that. That's my biggest advice. Don't ever do that. There's always gonna be someone better than you at everything, and if you're not doing it for the music, if you're at the, if you're in the wrong place. Yes, exactly. First thing first should be the music and the fans. If they pay money to come see you, they deserve to see the best performance you can give them. Um, that's the thing. Especially I did shows like Cirque du Soleil musicals. People pay hundreds of dollars to see those shows. Yes. they Sometimes they put money aside for years for this. So mm-hmm. they deserve the best of you every single time. That's great advice because I think a lot of people um, get very turned inwards, especially on the road and in tour, and they forget, you know, um, I'm always trying to remind my vocal students, you know, we're entertainers, so we have to put on a show. There is a show element and there's a not show element to it. You know, there's an on button and an off button and you need to have that on button. And some of the best... um, I toured with this power metal band called Ed Guy. Like my band was opening for them. Oh, I know them. Yeah, and the singer Tobias is is really amazing, and he um, he's one of these guys who's technically amazing, but again, the, is touring a whole step down. Even though he's amazing, he's got a perfectly high voice and everything. But he was 
super serious. Like, so even if we played to like 50 people in Portland on a Sunday or something, he, (laughs) they, the whole band put on like their same Vakken arena set, you know, they did like a festival set for 50 people, did not change it, did not alter it, did not put any less energy into it. Um, so I agree the best, most serious performers I've ever seen have done that and, uh, did not, you know, kind yeah. of just waste the time for the people that showed up. So. You have to, rem- to, rem- to put yourself also in a place of not a musician and just a fan when you go see shows and you, you know, they don't give a, a crap and they're, you like, they look tired. You, you, you know, they're, they don't want to be there. It, it happens a lot, especially in metal. Um, it's like, okay, <laughs> clearly, obviously don't want to be here tonight. Yes. Well, um, I wanted to, that's great advice. And I think, I think there's a lot that, um, people are going to learn from this episode. And I, I wanted to kind of at the end here, talk a little bit about back to the very beginning where now, so what's the next level for Cassie? We, we, we you know, Cirque du Soleil is, we don't know whether or not it's going to come back. And you mentioned it, it was very grueling. So we may not mm-hmm. be that interested in, you know, that le- load of shows. Yeah. But do you have any, uh, let's talk about the evolution now. You wanted, you mentioned wanting to do, working on screaming and stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And that's kind of implying uh, a metal thing. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, I I wanted to do, with the girls band, uh, every woman band, I, w- I wanted to go more rock and more rock and more rock. And I started doing little screams screaming here and there and getting way more uh, every show for me I was getting more aggressive in my vocals mm-hmm. and it just felt natural for me to go there um, so I decided I think I'm gonna go solo metal oh like, very cool yeah I want to join a band I've kind of I have a cover metal band actually uh, called Sidewinder we have okay. We haven't performed yet. We're waiting for venues to open, but I want to do my own stuff as myself, as an independent artist. That's great. As well, um, and exploring and, you know, with, with Sidewinder, the, the song I like to do, the, uh, my perfect one is uh, Down With The Sickness, and then we do the middle part and I'm just screaming. Mm-hmm. It, it just works in my in my range. And, and so I just I just love it. <laughs> That's that's great. I do more of those, like, and every and now in every song, I'm trying to add some screams and screaming, and this is great. And so this is this is different, but it sounds like it's more you, you know, that you're finally, because uh, you know when we do theater and things, even if it pays good, even if it's a it great experience, <laughs> yeah, you it's that, but it's pre-composed, right? So it's uh, any hired gig, you know, you don't ha- yeah. like that. You don't have the uh, oh no you it's know. very strict especially Cirque du Soleil it's exceptionally strict mm-hmm. you can't go uh, you can't experiment out of the chart okay uh, yes that you, makes you can sense improvise when you have to improvise that's the that's the time you do it but if you can decide to swing it the faster swing, you can't no you can take the word you have to say the right words at the right moment you can't you know it's 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 a it's exceptionally restraining musical theater is worse i'd say 
Oh, um, yes, I would agree. Because even when I was young, I started doing doing musicals and even doing them in the high school or middle school level. It's very much like this is what it is. This is what's written. It's the book. This is your costume. I have nothing to say. This is the, the staging. This is where you're going to you're going to do three steps and then you lift your arm and then you're going to look at this person. And while you're going to you know, it's and you cannot change this because um, you're going to get a truck of poop after the show. <laughs> so does it feel liberating then to get more into your authentic styles and to take yes. kind of full circle back to metal now? I did it. Like I toured. I did. I did lots of things. I did back vocals. I did pop. I did. I, I, I even started as a showgirl uh, in a G-string in Quebec and I did in France as well. Mm-hmm. That's where I started when I was 19 years old. Um as a main singer, but I was also a dancer. I danced Ken Ken, uh, Ken Ken. I was, sure. uh, yeah. So I, I wear my, those of high heels. I, I don't want to wear high heels anymore. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to hide my tattoos and, and dance and kind of downgrade my energy as well. Um, I've been deemed too intense all my life. And I think metal is a place that really fits me my energy and also my, my voice and my technique. And this is, uh-huh. this is also more and more my world. Uh, um, in Vegas, the rock and metal scene is kind of small, but it's amazing. Yes. And, and this is where I've been kind of evolving for the last three to four years. And mm-hmm. that's where I want to be. That's, that's, you know, I really enjoy uh, being here and being in the rock and metal scene with everybody. The musicians are great. And, uh, there's more and more of them moving here every day. Yeah. It's really interesting because but stop moving in Vegas. We're full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, right? Like there's I, no I'm more wa- there's no water. There's no room. <laughs> there's no room. Stay away. No, but yeah, there is uh, a lot of people from metal bands that have moved here or live here. Uh, uh-huh. I think it's several off the top of my head at the moment. And um, like, for example, uh, Once Human, uh, Logan and um, Lauren are in here. And mm-hmm. uh, so is Heidi from the Butcher Babies. And Oh, that's know. true. Well, yeah. We had Vinny. <laughs> yeah. Had and, and the guys from Five Finger, don't they live here? Yeah, they all live here. Yeah. And um, of course, we have the producers, the Churcos, the legendary Churcos. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. And then you've got immortal guardian over there i'm trying to get the rest of my band to move here <laughs> i'd love i'd love it if they all moved here but well, yeah i mean plus you guys are yeah they, uh, <laughs> we should take over a neighborhood <laughs> i know right the metal neighborhood well then nobody could complain about the sound at least I yeah we have I... Todd Kearns, um, from slash also lives here mm-hmm. uh, i think yeah there's lots of andrew freeman from last in line there's lots of amazing people living here the bass player from uh, gemini syndrome ap mm-hmm. he lives here too yeah so there's a lot of people who are up here but i think too what i've noticed is as people have gotten older mm-hmm. the demographic has shifted so you can have your cover metal band now and it's not like 25 years ago where the people coming to vegas were like from the 60s and they're like oh, yeah. metal rock <laughs> now like the people coming to vegas are in their 30s and 40s and they they want to see rock and metal stuff like this is what they want to see this is the type of music they enjoy and i think there's like a huge opening for that at the moment because i think it's the demographic like the times have changed and who's coming and who has that disposable income is different now so yeah and i I was very happy to hear that the hard even if the hard rock hotel is gone 
the original hotel kept the concept of the joint. Oh, uh, wow. So we'll keep great metal shows there. I saw Kiss at the joint. <laughs> it's a, yes. They were in my face. I was fourth row. It was awesome. And... <laughs> And the House of Blues, best show I've seen was King Diamond at the House of Blues. Oh, how cool. See, he's preserving himself. But you can't, it was amazing. The sound, the, everything was amazing. It's, I've seen some great metal shows in this town yeah. at like tons of the venues. And um, I think the last one I saw at House of Blues was Arch Enemy and At the Gates and, and Mon Was Mars. it with oh, or with? Uh, it was Elisa. Yeah, it was, least, re- yeah. it was re it was recent. Okay, yeah. Um, Us also from Montreal, proud Canadian here. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask. I was just about to say, uh, ha- have you ever met Elisa, or do you know her? Not that everyone from Montreal knows everyone. I met her, but when I had my band in Montreal, um, I heard her name because she was not in Arch Enemy. She was in um, the Agonist. The Agonist, mm-hmm. uh, and the Agonist was a big, big thing in Montreal in the metal scene at the time. Them and Unexpected. That was the two biggest, maybe, bands from uh, the metal scene. So, with girls, ha, proud. So, (laughs) yeah, hell yeah. I've seen them live. I've seen Anissa with Diagonis, but, and I've seen uh, Arch Enemy with Angela Angela a while ago, also. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen them uh, a bunch of times. They're both awesome, Elisa and Angela. Elisa did Nightwish. Um, Annette was sick, and Elisa and another singer. Yes. it was Elise from uh, Amaranth. Yeah, Elise did sing the entire Nightwish show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was a big legendary night. Uh, and I think it was like in Michigan because I had a bunch of friends that were there. So another, but, That's the part of being able to react very quickly and, and just yeah, I say yes, just do it. Like that's another thing. It's like, what's the worst can happen? Gotta get some a, a tomato or two, maybe a free bottle beer through your head if you're good you can catch it and drink it <laughs> <laughs> i think that's good advice say yes so Try. If, uh if you had to so as we're getting to the we're going to get to the end here and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see um that was great advice but also and you've had loads of wonderful tips and everybody um before we wrap it up actually tell everybody where they can follow you um so that they could maybe one day see your solo metal stuff cassie stone lv on instagram cassie stone soprano on the rock on facebook and cassie stone on just google cassie stone oh you can also see me perform some judas priest (laughs) (laughs) but this is great because i want people uh, they're going to love you. I want them to be able to follow you because this is wonderful. And it'll be wonderful to see the solo metal stuff and uh, what you come out with. It's going to be super cool. And I feel pressure now. Good. <laughs> but now, see that, there you go. It's going to motivate you. But it already sounds like that's where your natural energy is going. And that's that's all it takes, really. So if you had to leave like new vocalists, so I, I coach a lot of people who are, you know, um, they can't help but compare themselves to all these people they see on mm-hmm. YouTube. It's a pretty intimidating world out there. It, w- it wasn't quite the same. No, it's not my, gen- my generation at all. Um, yeah. We could barely have videos of ourselves when I started. Um, don't do that. Oh, gosh. Don't compare, but explore your voice. Record yourself. Explore um exploring by yourself and uh having a great coach to tell you to guide you in the right direction as well and your exploration is uh 
the best thing you can do for yourself. It's worth the investment. I never regretted taking any, I still take, I, I coach, but I still take coaching. I, I'm still exploring and trying things and get coaching and get a great voice teacher. And if they're listening to you, they know you. So you have the best fucking metal coach in the world right there who's Mary. So use her. Oh, well, thank you so much. I wanted to ask too, if somebody wanted to, let's say, get belting lessons from you or something, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? I'm I'm not a fan of teaching vocal technique. I'm Uh, I'm, I'm teaching stage performance. Oh, I love that. Go over your stress, uh, getting more out there, move better, being like a freaking rock star on stage. That's what I teach. That's huge, though, because... I actually had to have somebody help me with that as well. A lot of people don't realize that, um, especially if you come from like a theatrical thing. But yeah, yeah. so I've, I've definitely had people work that I've had work with me on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if somebody wanted to should they reach out to you on Instagram or something like that. I can help you for your head banging. <laughs> yes. Well, I can vouch. I've seen Cassie perform and she's an outstanding, phenomenally energetic, amazing wonderful performer and i think that any advice she would have to give you i mean the the proof is in the pudding you guys just heard about her amazing career thank you so much cassie for being on the voice hacks podcast i think people will look for your shows in las vegas go to the tuscany see her and then if your band comes out follow her so that you can go see her band at gigs when shows like that return because I know there's a lot of people who come to Las Vegas thank you so much I really appreciate your insight and being on the podcast is so awesome to have you it was amazing to be there thank you so much you're the best that wraps up this episode of the voice hacks podcast thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe rate and review the show 